0: Welcome to the PSDcast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in today's episode, we're discussing the past, present, and future of wide bandgap semiconductors. Now, you don't have to go very far in this industry without coming across silicon carbide and gallium nitride, and as the industry gradually moves away from silicon-based devices towards wide bandgap power electronics, we're, we'll be hearing a lot more about GAN and SiC, especially with APEC coming up next month, where we expect Wide band gap to be on the tip of everyone's tongue. And for the last four years, one of the biggest advocates for wide band gap devices has been Power America, a Department of Energy Institute with the stated goal of accelerating commercialization of wide band gap in the U.S. Power America began operations in 2015 with the mission of addressing manufacturing gaps in wide band gap power te- technology to enable U.S. leadership in job creation, energy savings, and technological innovation. And since then, the DOE has committed 70 million over five years to support dozens of projects managed by Power America. And today, we're proud to welcome the CTO of Power America, Victor Veliadis, to the show to discuss these programs, the history of wide gamba- band gap devices, and maybe a look into the future. So. Victor, welcome to the show. I, I know our listeners probably have their own ideas about this, but let me ask you, why are wide band gap devices a suitable replacement for silicon, and why have they become so critical for the industry?
1: Okay, so the, uh, thank you uh, very much for, uh, for having me and for the interesting uh, discussion. Um, so I would like to make it clear that wide band gap devices are not a universal replacement for silicon. Uh, silicon is very streamlined in its processing. Uh, the material is pretty much free of defects, and silicon is not a sitting duck. There's a lot of innovation that's going on on a continual basis, and that has made the penetration of silicon carbide and GaN uh, power devices, um, you know, a real a real task and, and challenge. Uh, but silicon carbide and GaN uh, power devices do have some compelling advantages with respect to silicon. So they're already replacing silicon in select applications, and this trend is going to be continuing and growing. But silicon carbide and GAN devices will not be a universal replacement for silicon. Their strength is primarily due to their higher efficiency, and uh, where they can uh, shine are high voltage applications and high frequency applications. Now, why are they critical? They're critical because of the green energy revolution that's happening. They can enable a lot of those applications with higher efficiency, and basically they're a solution where silicon is reaching its operational limits. They're they're a good solution uh, where silicon efficiency uh, makes the use of silicon carbide, um, I'm sorry, of silicon devices uh, prohibitive.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's, let's take a step back for a moment. Can you briefly discuss the, the history of wide band gap of electronics and you know, how they come to prominence in the US?
1: So as with many other technologies in the United States, it was the, uh, the defense industry, the military, uh, that basically saw the potential of uh, wide-bandgap devices for uh, defense systems, and that is due to some compelling advantage that they, that these devices have. So, the initial investment early on uh, was from places like um, you know, like DARPA, uh, the Army Research Lab, the Navy Research Lab, the Air Force Research Lab, and the work that was done there was primarily for high-voltage applications, where um, silicon uh, devices. Uh, just wouldn't be uh, adequate. Their, their efficiency would make them uh, prohibitive in, in their use. So what the military did, as in most technology cases, is fund proof-of-concept type of work and help develop the critical enabled technology. So basically uh, the material, uh, demonstration of high-voltage devices, uh, demonstration of their advantages in systems, so this was done and then the next, the next question was, now that we know uh, that wide band gap devices are suitable uh, for this system, how do we get their cost down to the point where they're affordable for our military needs? And that's where the commercial sector takes over because uh, it's through volume production in the commercial world that the price uh, will drop adequately uh, to make it affordable for uh, the military systems.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I think you gave a pretty good overview. That said, why has the you know the wider adoption of wide band gap devices been so been so steady, so slow, and, and how do we drive down the costs of, of these devices?
1: So, of course, the most important factor is high cost, right? Um, you have a Materi- new material that needs to be further developed. There's a lot of innovation that needs to be done. Uh, but in order to get the cost to be comparable with silicon, which is you know, what you're trying to replace, uh, you need to have high-volume manufacturing. Without getting to high-volume manufacturing, the cost of silicon carbide and GAN power devices will never become uh, comparable to that of silicon. So the question is, how do we get to the high-volume manufacturing that will allow the cost reduction and that requires driving up demand uh, from the power electronics engineers. So how do we drive up demand? How do we get to the high volume uh, needed to lower the cost and make these devices uh, affordable uh, for system? So in order to get volume manufacturing, you need to have demand. To have demand, you need acceptance of these devices by the power electronics engineers. So, for power electronics engineers to replace their silicon parts with wideband gap devices, they need to have the same type of reliability that they have in silicon. Uh, They need to have the ruggedness. This device has to have the ruggedness of silicon devices, so for short circuit avalanche time. And of course, there need to be suitable modules uh, for the wideband gap devices uh, to be inserted in, because it's well-known that if you use silicon uh, modules for silicon carbide devices or GAN devices, you will not be able uh, to allow these devices to get their full potential, so basically uh, exploit their, their properties. Um, another area that's needed in order to get to the high-volume manufacturer that will reduce the cost is basically to build expertise in, in the workforce in the use of these silicon carbide and GAN power devices. Um, people who are, um, you know, experts in uh, using in, in doing silicon carb- silicon power electronics uh, need uh, some more information. They need some more training uh, in order to design the circuits and the systems uh, that will use these um, wide bandgap devices. And that's because these devices will operate at much higher voltage and it will also operate at higher frequencies. So work in the area of uh, parasitics, peripherals, understanding how to design the circuit, uh, all needs to be, um, you know, it needs to be done and, and you need to have, uh, you know, the right training uh, to do so. So I think that, you know, in, uh, in the question of uh, driving down the, the cost of wide band gap devices, uh, you need to have, you know, streamlined manufacturing at high yields, uh, so you need to work, of course, on the material quality. Uh, you need to basically develop processes specific to silicon carbide and GAN um, that will allow you to get to high yields in the fab. And, of course, you need to continue with the innovation of getting to larger area wafers, because as far as laundry cost is concerned, the cost of running a wafer is approximately not related to the size of the wafer. So uh, getting to large area wafers will let you get more material for the same amount of money. It will drop uh, the cost. So one way that has proven to be efficient in uh, basically reducing the cost of fabricating um, wide band gap devices is to basically um, make that fabrication in silicon foundries. So you want to take a silicon foundry and uh, insert... Uh, silicon carbide or GAN work, um, if you do that, then the overall cost of making the devices is going to be at the economy of scale of uh, silicon. Now, the cost of the foundry, a lot of it has to do with the, with the overheads. And so the higher the volume that you have, the lower you can drive the price. And of course, uh, silicon carbide and GAN power devices are not today at the point where you can have dedicated high-volume fabs. Fabricating them, so uh, exploiting the um, the silicon um, foundry infrastructure and exploiting the silicon processing capability where it applies to silicon carbide and GaN is a very good way to basically produce silicon carbide and GaN devices at the volume cost of uh, of silicon.
0: Okay. Um- well, Power America being a, a DOE institute, and, and as I mentioned in the, uh, in the intro, you know, your stated goal is to accelerate commercialization of uh, wide band gap. That said, um, you have 28 industry members and 15 university partners. Can, can you describe you know, the kind of support you provide your members and affiliates, and, and what, what would you say um, Power America's ultimate goal is as it relates to wide band gap devices?
1: So the, the ultimate goal of Power America is, as you mentioned, to accelerate adoption of wide bank gap devices uh, in the United States with an eye of creating high-volume manufacturing jobs in the U.S. and, of course, reaping the reward of the high-energy savings uh, that these devices will materialize. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know that a lot of the microelectronics work over the past few decades, has left U.S. shores and has gone overseas. So accelerating adoption of wideband gap devices in the United States is a very big opportunity for us to revive the microelectronics industry and strengthen it um, You know, primarily by introducing the fabrication of wideband gap Uh, devices. So the type of manufacturing jobs that will be in in foundries and there will also be in the system insertion of these devices. So what we want to see as Power America is basically uh, streamlined high-volume fabrication of these devices, um, basically reviving some older uh, silicon fabs that might not be working to full capacity. And also, we want to see high-tech manufacturing jobs in the insertion of these devices into systems for photovoltaics, uh, electric vehicles, uh, grid applications, uh, and so on and so forth. So we have a number of of members, and we fund a number of members. And the way we basically allocate our funding is we want to do it in a way that projects from multiple areas are being funded and that basically pushes the whole wide gap supply chain chain forward and all these different programs that we're funding uh, synergistically culminate in large scale wide band gap power electronics adoption. So of course the areas we've identified is funding work in fabrication, You need to streamline fabrication, you need to get to high volume, um, production, and we have fabs that are part of Power America. We have XFAB, which is a silicon uh, fab that is also now running sodium carbide on the same line, uh, which goes towards the producing sodium carbide devices at the economy scale of silicon. Uh, We also have Wolfspeed that has a dedicated foundry line and has a vertical integration type of model. So additional work is going to the modules. So once you fabricate the devices, at um, competitive, uh, you know, pricing, those devices need to go into modules. And because of the high temperature capability, the high frequency capability, the high voltage capability, uh, you need special modules that will do uh, all of this and basically allow the devices to perform to their full potential. so Fabrication is one area; modules in, is another area. Uh, an additional area, of course, is the reliability ruggedness work. Uh, from my conversations with uh, wideband gap device uh, manufacturers and power electronics engineers that are going to put them in, in applications, uh, there is a gap as far as the perception of reliability is concerned. The device, wideband gap device foundry people will tell you that their devices are you know, as good or if not more reliable than silicon and then the power electronics people um, basically are not fully uh, convinced that this is the case. So as Power America, another thrust of our funding uh, has been uh, to, to fund third-party onus broker type of reliability centers where our electronics engineers can take the devices, uh, confirm that what's in the spec sheet is actually the case, and also subject these devices Uh, to stress in addition to what the device manufacturer has done to basically ensure themselves that these devices are indeed reliable. We also fund work in ruggedness. If you're gonna be replacing silicon devices with silicon carbide and GAN, your replacement parts must be just as rugged as the silicon device you're replacing. Otherwise, the power electronics engineers will be very reluctant to, to do this replacement and again, it all goes back to the need for high-volume production. That's what you need to know with prices, and you will not have high-volume production if the demand from the power electronics engineers is not there. Right. So another aspect of it, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I, 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 was, I was just going to say that, yeah, you would mentioned that before.
1: Yes, and, and, and one uh, area that needs to be pointed out is training the workforce in wide band gap. Um, you know, a lot of engineers are reluctant uh, to insert these devices because, number one, as I mentioned, they're unsure of their, you know, reliability. And the other thing, they might not have the level of expertise that's needed uh, to do the system design and system insertion. So a lot of what Power America does in collaboration with its partner universities is we we fund universities uh, for wideband gap power electronic projects and programs Um, to be delivered. Uh, We do short courses to train the workforce and tutorials as well. And a big part of training the workforce comes from funding uh, projects at universities that are one-year projects, applied power electronics, whether that's building uh, solar inverters or working on the grid or working on traction for EV or working on fast chargers. And by funding universities, obviously you're not going to be getting a product, right, because that's not what the universities do, but what you will achieve is to train the next generation of wide band gap power electronics uh, device and power electronics engineers uh, that will find themselves in the industry uh, within a few years, and they themselves now uh, will be in a position either through their industrial position or in academia to train others and kind of create a snowball type of effect. So, Once you have streamlined fabrication at low cost, you've got the right modules that will allow these devices, these wide band gap devices, to operate to their full potential. You've established the reliability through third-party centers and you have a trained workforce. Then you're starting to build systems. And through those systems, the compelling advantages of these devices will come out. And at that point, the hope is that the management of these companies will take notice, understand that by developing these technologies further, they'll produce systems that will give them a competitive advantage and then that will create the demand. So Power America is funded with um, you know, U.S. taxpayer dollars from the Department of Energy and, of course, cost share on the projects with our members. Uh, and the, the overall goal is to basically uh, get this uh, wide bank gap devices and power electronics Uh, to the point where industry sees the value and takes over, right? Because you don't want to be financing, um, you know, development and manufacturing with taxpayer dollars forever. And I think we've done uh, a great job getting there through the, you know, the large number of projects uh, that we've run over the years. We've done, we're in our fourth year of project, and with about maybe 30 projects per year, uh, we have, basically funded over 100 projects in Wideband Gap R Electronics, and we've gotten some excellent uh, results.
0: Right, right. Well, you know, like, like I said, um, next month I think we'll be hearing a lot more about industry and uh, Wideband Gap devices at, at APEC. But uh, yeah, we, we, we look forward to, to when industry takes over, and that, that'll, that'll be a, a good result. But th- thanks for all the great info, Victor. Just, just a reminder, to our audience that the PSD cast is now available on iTunes. The link is in the description. And uh, Victor, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.